My name is Christopher. I am Jessica. We are the BWs and we are having, having a, a baby. baby. And still have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> we should we should probably start podcasting and learn. But that's what we're here to talk about today. This is the second part of our mini-series about our antenatal classes and what we learned and things we were told that we didn't know and in general what what's happened what what happened in the classes this yeah. this is probably the most important one well for me personally yeah, it's all about the drugs all about <laughs> the pain get, relief as a, as a super clean drug-free household you can't wait to get that sweet sweet gas <laughs> <laughs> please please help me please help you uh skittles do they have the same effect certainly not i'm gonna have so many skittles the hospital bag is just food for me if you haven't listened to our journey so far make sure you head back to anchor.fm slash first time parent pod and go and find all the uh, previous episodes uh have a listen catch up because we might have a couple of weeks where we don't do anything because we've had a baby but you'll know as soon as we do you'll know as soon as we do <laughs> but for today we're going to go through lots of pain relief uh lots of the horror show of surgical instruments that were on a table it honestly looked like something out of saw it, we walked in and it was just horrific, but we'll tell you about that in a minute. <laughs> I nearly dropped onto the floor when oh, I saw it all. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. I thought someone was going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a fun sight when you had no context to what on earth it was. And the thing is, we imagined it and it was exactly what we thought they were. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so for now, we shall see you at the end of the episode as you we hand over to ourselves for part two of our Parenting Craft oh, series. Hello, future selves. Hello, are you okay? How are you doing? You don't sound the same. No. We'll see you at the end. Bye. Bye. We walk into the room for class number two. Describe what you saw, Jess. A table full of horrific-looking instruments, which happen to be pain relief and any instrument that may possibly be used in the room whilst going through labour and giving birth. <sighs> it was like the worst pick-a-mix you've ever seen. <laughs> and you don't even get to eat anything. Well, you could eat the placenta, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> we, we, we won't be doing that. We're not no, thanks. Um... It was terrifying. Um, I personally was in a little bit of shock when we walked in and saw it. If we were to describe a serial killer's lair, (laughs) just nice and clean, that was like it. There were tubes, there were Mm -hmm. metal implements, there was a thing that looked like a really rubbish plunger, which turned out to be pretty much exactly that there were mm-hmm. g- g- masks and gases oh goodness me it was weird and it, it until everything was put into context well even after things were put into context it was still pretty terrifying <laughs> yeah what why what it's <laughs> gonna weird it's just a body what <laughs> what i found funny was that almost every single one of those will end up in your vagina at some point I hadn't hadn't thought of it like that. Or every single one of those could end there. At different times, not altogether, Mm. but 
they are designed, bless you, for insertion to the Lady Garden. Not all of it. A lot of it was the pain relief oh. stuff. Oh yeah, okay, but it's you know, split it split it split into two. I'm not going to have an injection up there. Well, am I? Uh, yeah. I, what? Well, no. No. Maybe in my bum cheek. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe everything's just amalgamated into it's all got to be pushed. It's all got to go in there. Oh dear, that's where the business happens. So we were asked to go and pick mm. things off of the table. That's how the class started. They uh, they said, well, the midwife, Sam, she said, right, does anybody know what this looks like? Can you go and get it from the table? And each person in the circle had to go and think, pick what she was asking for. So there was the stuff for the epidural, which is the big money game for pain relief. That's the big thing that you go for if you want full on. If you want numbing. Numbing. It numbs numbing. you from the back down. It gets <laughs> just the whole yeah. back down. Basically, your head. No, from your waist up, from your your kind of stomach down. Yeah, I think it's. I think that is probably the most intimidating looking part of any pain relief. It looks that was like on there. it looks like when you're mid epidural, you're plugged into the matrix from mm. your mid back. That's what I got from it. There's a lot going on with it. It's not... When when you are explained an epidural and when you learn about it, you all you kind of know is it's an injection. I think that's a fair mm. assumption. It's some kind of massive pain relief injection. But it's, it's so much more than that. It's not just... Here you go, jab, squeeze, done. No, mm. no, 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 no. It's like you're hooked up to this constant supply of drug that completely numbs you from the midriff. Kind from of... your yeah, from the back down. So where it all... yeah, but you say, <laughs> the back is a whole back. The lower, it's the lower back. Lower back. So down. they put the injection at the bottom of your at the bottom of your back, yeah. and you have to like where your belly button is, but round the back. Yeah, it's you have there. to. You have to be bent over to, like, the bed to receive the injection. And you have to be really still for it, despite the fact you are going through contractions. I think it goes in between your vertebrae. Yes. Uh. That's the one. And then it meant meant to numb you all the way down. And it's like a a kind of drip feed of a drug Mm. into your body that numbs you. There are times you can and can't have it. Sometimes you're... You, you might aim not to have it. I think you're aiming not to have it, aren't you? And then all of a sudden it'll be, oh God, you, I want one. And then you actually are too far gone. You can't have one. Mm. So you got to, if you, if you know you want it, you know you want it. Great. Yeah. If you end up wanting it, you just, we learned you have to accept you might miss it. Absolutely. And and it sounds like if there's a certain point that you want one and you can't have it, you, you're nearly finished anyway. So it's not the worst case if you want one, you can't have it, but um, mm. it's, got, it's obviously going to feel it. They, they described something, I can't quite remember it. They described a case where if this is happening, they'd rather you not have it. I think it was something about you need to feel a contraction. Or so the reason, I can't quite remember. The reason I've decided I would rather not go 
in full guns blazing and have the epidural straight away is because the whole idea is that you are completely numb and they say that it takes late it takes longer to give birth and kind of eggs out the process because you're numb you can't feel the contractions therefore you're having to completely rely on the midwife to tell you when the contraction is happening and you have to trust and push when they say you you are potentially losing all of the natural instinct and signs that your body is telling you to actually help you get the baby out and if you've been going and you've been having contraction contractions and you've been in labor for hours and on hours already I think the last thing you're going to want to do is egg it out and tire yourself out even more if you're not able to respond to the contraction and I think that's why I've decided I'm not I'm not wanting it straight away, but I'm not completely ruling it out because let's face it, I do have a low pain threshold. Mm. Therefore, I might go in straight away and completely have changed my mind. But that's my that's my thought process behind trying to avoid it straight away. Yeah, and everyone's choice is different and, and everyone has to respect the choice of the person mm. who's going through it. And I, that was one thing that we have known for ages and I hope Jessica that you understand that I it's nothing to do with what I want what I might want for my baby is something completely different to what you want but at the end of the day you're the one going through it so you can do Mm. absolutely anything you want yeah and I don't think I'm ever gonna try and convince you otherwise I'm really surprised that you want to even explore a water birth I never thought that that Mm. would be something that you would want but that's because necessarily we don't we haven't learned about it before now it seems a, a, a not necessarily a natural way but you're right the baby's been in a bag of fluid for mm. nine months being born into something underwater is is fine yeah and it's if it helps you with pain and you relax physically whilst that's happening and the water is soothing both temperate wise and physically Mm. then of course is a good idea well i've always loved a bath and i've always loved swimming (laughs) yes but you can't put your lush bath bombs in this one right (laughs) no that's true i've always loved a bath i've always loved being in water so i think it is uh so we're giving birth in the thames that'll be cold I, i i think it's a natural thing for me to want to try and do it is also meant to be a natural pain relief. So I would yeah. like to give that a go first off. Did they... The one thing I, I can't remember from the parenting craft class is how hot or cold did they say the water is? Ooh. Is it body temperature? I don't know if they actually did, but they say it, it want... heats up. You have to wait for it to heat up. Oh, I guess it's got to match the inside of you for the baby, hasn't it? Mm. Like... I imagine cold water is probably the most soothing for you. No. No? No, it's a hot bath that you get into to soothe things. So I think it'll be somewhere in between. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Sorry, I was thinking of, like, if you've cut yourself, you've run it under cold water. Because obviously that's what you do. There's absolutely no way I'd want to step into cold water to try and and relieve that. What's happening? Oh, she just got in. It is something about the warmth and the heat, which is why they say that hot water bottles, baths, that sort of thing helps out with the early stages. 
so that's one natural way of trying to help the pain relief. So these are the things that weren't on the table. Is obviously they can't put the the, the <laughs> they can't put the pool on the table. They had an entire jacuzzi on the table. Yeah, uh, they and had they your epidural stuff. And, yeah, they they can't put. The one thing they said to us was, "Oh, which of the things is the epidural?" And I think it was me who went up for this one, and I picked what I thought the needle was. And then it, she said, yes, that's the epidural. Well, then, mm. sit down. But this is also the epidural. This is also the epidural. this. And, and about eight things came off the table, leaving about three. And every single one of us, including the, the guys, kind of looked at and went, oh, okay. <laughs> it's because, like you said, you end up hooked up to it. And I believe... Uh, they told us as well that we can kind of drip feed ourselves once we are hooked up to it. So if you need more, mm, yeah. if you're going for quite a long time, if you need more, you can actually control it that way. But it is, it looks quite intimidating. And I think the thing that freaks me out most about it is the actual needle and the really thin looking tube that does go into your back to give you the epidural. So... Yeah, that's mad. It was the injection that you didn't particularly like the idea of, really, wasn't it? Mm, I think so. But then I would be happy to have the the other injection that is on offer as well, which is pethidine. That was on the table, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That's a bit more simple. That's just more like your standard sort of injection. And that's like the next pain relief set bit that's down from the epidural we learned that that's you can also have that if you're in uh, where we're going, which is the birthing suite, not the uh, labour ward. Correct? Mm, that's right. So that is going to yeah. be the top end pain relief in the birth centre. That's what I'm going to be da, working da, up to. Come again, number one. It's uh, pethidine. Yeah. Mm. That was my lovely little like top of the charts. I uh, like it. Totally blackboard. Wiggly <laughs> podcast about uh, having a baby. <laughs> It's 1044. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Stop looking at me like... <laughs> if you talk to me in that voice hey, when I'm in labour, that... you're going to uh, need to leave the room. <laughs> it's time for you to have a baby, so uh, keep pushing. And we'll see you after the news. Uh, <laughs> 445. <laughs> Traffic's busy on the A2 today. <laughs> so when we went to the birth centre Do you not tour, want more of that? More of that radio voice? <laughs> when we went to the birth centre <laughs> tour... They had the injection in the room, but it was kind of kept under lock and key. They don't want you to see it. <laughs> they got that out and showed us it sort of sort of last as a passing kind of comment. Oh, yeah, you can have pathogens on them. It's because in the birthing centre, they want every, everything to look so relaxed. They don't want you to see the clinical stuff. They don't want you to see the pain relief or the injections. It's kind of hidden away, but it's there for you. Yeah, I think, I think that came more from the... If you do need more of these things, then you probably won't end up in there mm. by that point anyway. But there are options that if they need to get it super fast and physically you can't move by that point, there's always ways of things mm. happening. What else was on the table? There was gas and air, so the mask. There was air all around the table. <laughs> and not the mask as in, like, Jim Carrey. Champagne's <laughs> 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 bleeding! <laughs> oh... <laughs> That wasn't a very good Jim Carrey impression, sorry. 
<laughs> you tried. The effort was there. So yeah, there's the mask for the gas and air. That's available where we're going. That's something that we're. I'm going to be trying. Oh, I'm going to be trying it too. <laughs> they, I think they said they want to. They they, they let the dads have a go. Yeah, they, they did. They did say you could have a go. Yeah. And that's the one that makes your voice go really high. Imagine if it was just helium. Oh my god! Like, ah, ah. Okay, push, 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 Mrs. Bartlett. Ah, ah. Push. Okay, now take a deep breath. <laughs> Do you know what? That would make me laugh so much. Well, like an elf. So yeah. <laughs> I think. I think I'd really no, no, appreciate no, that. Maybe it should be the other one. I'm not sure what the gas is. Not helium. It's it's like the opposite of helium. Mm. Might be boron. I'm not sure. Um. But it makes you sound like this. Have I ever shown you it? No. It's the opposite way. So whatever the, whatever the, the compound of helium is that... Obviously, the, the, the construction of the atoms, it makes your voice... Go really high! Um, it's the other one. No, I have no idea. And it makes you sound like this. That would be funny. I would, <laughs> I would very much appreciate your sounding like this. Not posh. Just thought, well, actually, if there was a gas that made you posher, that would be great. Oh, <laughs> Come on! I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, "Well, my po- <laughs> my point proven exactly." <laughs> if there was a gas that could take the Dartford out of you, it's oh. oh, so rude, and I need to think of a comeback. Would we call it M twenty five? Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a good. That's a lovely road joke there, because the M twenty five takes you out of Dartford. The best place to be going. Away for exactly. So you, you don't disagree. <laughs> Big up, Dartford. We moved out. Uh, <laughs> the midwife couldn't get enough of gas and air. Not in front of us. I thought you were going to say Dartford then. <laughs> no, no. She said she said that this was the best, one of the best things that, that people going into labour and having contractions and everything recommend. They say that it's a lifesaver and it's really, really worth trying this above all else first because it helps with the breathing and it just calms you so this is the one that she really got behind and kind of borderline sold to us wasn't it it's everywhere in birthing suites or hospitals Mm. where you give birth it's just plugged into the wall yeah it's uh it's pop in right it's gonna be but yeah it's you know it's the same kind of thing that you get given i believe if you like break your arm playing rugby Mm. or something then you're in an ambulance or you know, if an ambulance has to go in and see someone that's injured in a field and they have to wait for a helicopter, they give them gas and air to keep them going. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's 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 to keep you high and to keep you free from thinking about the pain as opposed to killing the pain, isn't it? Mm, it does sound like fun. You'd be off with the fairies. Way. <laughs> Bar anyway. Hmm? Hmm? You haven't got headphones on, so you don't know what I'm saying. I heard you. Yeah, you did. I did hear you. <laughs> Which is funny because she's away with the fairies. <laughs> What else was on the table? Tens machine. Tens machine. Tens machine is the kind of muscle stimulant mm-hmm. that you would see in the watch a guy try birth pain simulation. Is that machine a very simplified version mm. of that? You put your little suckers on you, and you can control the electric pulse that's there, and it kind of counteracts the pain. That you have from a contraction is what I understand from it. Yeah. Or like the videos that you watch, the Try Guys, Ned trying birth pain for the the labour simulation. He he used loads of them. Mm. So it's that, but you can use it like that to 
simulate a pain or you can use it also to counteract a pain which I didn't know was the case this is something that I learned and I think you were tempted by it when I'm not sure what you feel about it now to be honest it's an expense because you have to invest in either hiring one or buying one and they recommend this more as something to help you in the early latent stage of fa- um, favour labour uh, so it's something that they say have at home rather than maybe being in the ward with you or in the centre. Uh, so I've I've opted not to worry too much about it, especially with the idea of a water birth. I don't think you can necessarily be hooked up to all these electrical things at the mm. same time. So whilst it's highly recommended and it does sound good, I think it's one that I'm not necessarily steering towards at present. Hmm. I I don't like really like the idea of it for you because I know you've got a really low pain threshold anyway. Mm. So adding pain to counteract pain, I don't think is a good idea for you. Yeah, it's it's this weird. It's a weird concept. The idea that you're sending these it's extra signals. It's a great signals, concept, but it's not in. something that I think you're going to benefit from. No, I have to agree with you there. But each to their own. Everybody's everybody's oh, different. God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So other than pain relief, we mentioned the table looked a little bit like a masochist's den. A bit like a horror film. <laughs> Talk to me about surgical instruments that may be needed for baby removal. Ooh. Forceps. Dun, dun, dun. They looked pretty intimidating, didn't they? You've got a picture in your head about what forceps are. Mm-hmm. Well, until you see them and understand that they're to clamp around the baby's head and yank it out. Mm-hmm. It, ugh. Ugh. They're like an awful pair of salad tongs. <laughs> like a, you know, like a wooden salad fork that, well, you, you don't like salad, so you wouldn't, but a wooden salad fork, like scissors, but made of pristinely shiny metal and for grabbing your unborn infant's head and yanking and twisting it out of oh. your poor vagina. Mm-hmm. Why have you gone green? <laughs> exactly. That's what happened when I walked into the room and I saw it all. It, honestly, they. I, I think it was very clear from our lesson that you... Not how to use them, the birthing lesson. Uh, that you... They don't want to have to use those. It almost feels really Victorian to use them, doesn't it? It's a weird thing. But at the end of the mm. day, if your baby needs help getting out and you're at this point, forceps, grab the head and pull, basically. The midwife leading it. That's as simple it. as it. Is this, grab, grab the things and pull. The midwife leading it, she was very clear that if assistance needs to come into play, it's nothing to do with anything that you're doing. You're not pushing wrong. You're not doing it wrong. It's just that this whole process relies on that baby being in exactly the right position to exit you. If it's not, if it's slightly to the left or slightly to the right or slightly up or slightly down or there's a hand in the way or or anything, a fraction out and that is going to throw the whole process of the baby easing down the birth canal. So 
for an instrument like this to come into play, it can be quite necessary. Otherwise, the baby not necessarily going to get stuck, but if it's in that situation, if it's in situ in that position for too long, it's going to become distressed. The breathing for the baby is going to become harder and it's going to put everybody in a much worse off position. So these things can be necessary. The other thing that like she showed us alongside it was the suction suction cup which kind of sits like a hat on the baby's head if it needs just a little bit of encouragement uh, it's called the ventus again that didn't look very nice but i did prefer that to the big tongs mm. <laughs> hey it's dj big tongs <laughs> i don't want to meet dj big tongs he sounds like an awful human being and of course he's a he with a name like dj big tongs Yes, DJ Big Tongs. D- DJ Big Tongs is worse than DJ Khaled. DJ Big Tongs and MC4 sets? Oh, excellent work, BW. Yes, DJ Big Tongs and MC4 sets. MC4 sets would have a really, like, electronic sounding voice. MC4 sets <laughs> would be one, even though it's an MC, doesn't actually do any MCing. He'd, yeah. He'd have, like, I love Dead Mouse, so it's not like Dead Mouse, but he'd have like a head on. He'd have like a, a really crappy mascot of a dog head on or something. MC Forceps. And he'd divide the crowd. That's what he'd do. He'd divide the crowd like that <laughs> and just run down the middle. That's what he'd do. That's MC Forceps. <laughs> With a little bit of luck, we can make it through your lady bits. I worry about you so I much. I was so trying to think of something that rhymed. If no one knows that song, that's a really odd sentence for you to try and rap. Mm. <laughs> not sure if it's going to make it in. No, <laughs> not sure. <laughs> MC Force. Oh, God. Goodness <laughs> me. This. Why are we creating characters when we're about to talk about things, but well, it's because we're putting it off? Tell, in denial. Uh, it's denial, yeah. <laughs> DJ Nile, no. Um, everything else was to do with helping the baby come out. Mm-hmm. And there's things that I had never even seen or dreamt that existed. Mm. My favourite one was the plunger thing. But the, what, the one we just spoke with, the suction cup? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Oh. But don't want it to be used. That's the thing. Mm. Don't want it to be used, but it was the most ingenious way of getting the baby out that I thought. Mm, she did a little demonstration, didn't she? It was just clever. I'd never yeah. thought of it. Like, the forceps make sense. Because it's yeah. that's how you used to have a baby. You know, when mm. epidurals and that did exist, you'd, you'd get it out as quick as possible, and that's grabbing the baby from inside mm. you. The suction cup thing, I keep forgetting the name, is great. But you don't want to have to use it. They do say as well that there's a possibility if you use either of those instruments that they may mark baby's head or kind of yeah. misshape it for the first few hours or days just because obviously there's a lot some, of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of force. Baby's head is designed it. to be squashed through a tiny vaginal space, but you don't want to then have to push more things on it. That was something we learned, wasn't it? That the baby's skull is yeah. so soft that it is actually made mm. to squeeze in whilst it's coming out of mm. the tiny birth canal area and tiny then vag- and then it kind of swells back out again 
That's amazing. If, I had no idea. So if you put your, your hands flat against each other and then let them just kind of cross over, that's kind of what happens to the baby's skull. Mm. And that's where the, the, the soft spot, I can't remember the name of the spot on the top of the head, mm. like the, the middle bit of your skull, yeah. those plates in the skull are designed to move over each other. It's designed to be squished out of you. It's amazing. Babies are so clever before they're even born by this point. It's nuts. Mm. And we learned so much about this in our parenting craft class. It isn't just about forceps. DJ! No. DJ! <laughs> oh, goodness me. Maybe we should get him to come and play in the uh, delivery suite. That'd be good. If you go over, say you go to 40 weeks and, mm-hmm. yeah, and baby's not here. So if by next Friday, baby's mm-hmm. not here yet, you might have to get induced. And that's, that's something we learned about. That's right. You should go into labour between 37 to 42 weeks, it says. Ideally. Ideally. Ideal. They're not going to let you really get to 42 weeks when it comes to 41 weeks if baby hasn't made an appearance or or there's any sign they will want to induce you and there's different stages of how this works but inducing inducing labor is bringing is bringing it on early because obviously your body hasn't decided to naturally go there yet or baby has decided wants to stay in a bit longer so they have to bring it on Anyone that's high risk pregnancy, they definitely won't let you go over. In fact, they might get you to go early and induce you, you know, at at any time really uh, from about 37 weeks. If they've got any concerns, this is what will happen. It's crazy, isn't it? That medically you can just put someone into labour. It's crazy, mad. Modern medicine's amazing. What I was not shocked, uh, I was a little surprised to learn in the class that I didn't know is that if you get induced, that labour is going to be more painful than if you've gone into labour, if you've gone into labour naturally, because it's not real labor it's like it's mm. not a fake labor but forced. because yeah it's, it's forced, forced. it's forced labor your body's not ready for it and i suppose all latent labor is is a warm-up mm. your body is warming up for the big contractions by doing smaller scale ones and less mm. not lesser contractions but you know it that's exactly what's happening isn't it mm. so you don't you don't get that it, you might end up with that intensity of pain with the contractions but right from the start and you might end up going for longer Mm. apparently if you are induced you are much more likely to want an epidural (laughs) and i can imagine i can totally imagine that so if we go over there's a very big chance that all of the plans and ideas of a water birth going into the birth center just going to go out the window for me straight away because I'll say, no, nah, give me, give me the epidural. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> uh, but that was, that was very interesting. And I had no idea about that until we went to the, we went to the antenatal class. There's 
kind of a process that you have to go through that she explained. Again, it's not just a case of one thing induces you. You go through different stages. So the first point of call is to go for a membrane sweep. The um, sweep. A sweep, yes. That's the name of the club that MC Forceps plays in. <laughs> I'm going to do a little that a little podcast play about this, I think. Not tonight. I mean. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, you go for a sweep. And I think the general description and sensation is... Somebody inserting their fingers in and literally wiping around. Mm, it's not very comfortable. No, nope, but not necessary. Very, but not very pleasant. But it's the it's the easiest way to try and kickstart things without fully going for it. So that's the <laughs> that's the first that's the first one. Apparently, something uh, it's your prostaglandins are encouraged to get going. Whatever that means. I think that's hormones. That's the and chemical, things. isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So when. The, the oh, it's time for another lot of old wives tales oh where they say oh if you eat a really spicy curry oh if you do this do... and one of them is if you have sex it'll help the baby come out and what we learn is they actually say if you're struggling to 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 trigger it mm-hmm. they will give you some time together to get intimate with each other because it actually really helps they said mm. sperm has something inside it that it releases those chemicals in you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So before, if you don't want to be induced, there are a few things that they recommend that you do before you 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 have to have that. So one of those is... I make love to you <laughs> like you want me to... In the hospital. Yeah. No, no, not in the... <laughs> well, they could. They could. Um, the midwife was really clear. She, she kept repeating. She said... The thing that got you in this mess will get you out of it. Those were her words, weren't they? they she said, steak and chips. Steak and chips did not get us into this Going mess. Going away to film a TV show and then coming back for one only day. That did. That got yeah, yeah. She, she said sex is the way to bring labour on naturally because it produces the the right hormone, the oxytocin, yeah. which kicks off labour. It's it was, the happy hormone. Yeah, the same thing that you find in chocolate. So actually, I'm going to see you just shoving a Maltesers bar in your face and going, no, 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 Darling, I'm ready. And you were like, it's too late. Sorry. <laughs> Get away from me. It's, uh, yeah, apparently it's f- the best way to, to try and kick things off though. I have bought a Frank Butch, uh, Frank Butcher bow tie for the occasion though, is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got an image. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely prefer, it sounds like you're enjoying that image. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> What did he say? What did he say when he was at the doorstep? He kind of... And the, uh, uh, anyway, uh, that, that's, not gonna, that's not going to help the situation. I don't any, need to think about Frank Butcher. Any, any American <laughs> listeners or Canadian listeners, it, it's an EastEnders uh, soap opera, very famous scene. Google Frank Butcher bow tie. That's all you need to do. <laughs> or not. Or not. Other ways to bring on labour naturally... So going for walks. So that's that gravity getting moving again, yeah. not sitting down on your bum, just keeping active. Something that I learned was the gravity thing because you just don't... Of course it's going to help this hunk of human flesh that you're about to give birth to come mm. out is walking around and wiggling it down. I imagine it helps the engagement as well because mm. the head has to physically move down. Mm. The other thing that the midwife <laughs> said, she told the dads to 
play with the mum's nipples. Apparently nipple stimulation <laughs> will help. <laughs> yeah, but I've been doing it since since April and you hate me for it. Just every now and again. Bing. Yeah, but you can't stop in the middle of the street and start playing with your own nipples. That's not what we meant. I think if I can. And spicy food is meant to help. So on having the, a good curry. On the nipples. No, just... I've moved on from the nipples. You haven't clearly. Could I, could I please have uh, two samosas? Um, I'll have a vindaloo and I'll have a madras for my mammary glands, please. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay, you've stumped me. No, um, raspberry leaf tea is another recommended way of... Out of nowhere, the raspberry leaf tea as well. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know what would work, but the, I think the key ones are the things that, that kick off the hormones that go along with labour. So I think... Sex and nipple stimulation, guys, is the way to bring it on. In a curry house, whilst drinking raspberry leaf tea. <laughs> Listening to the Spice Girls. <laughs> when two become three. Do you know as well... Um, <laughs> a Spice Girl, yes. ...what the other hormone is that's very important in labour, but is not actually as good? It's adrenaline. Oh, it didn't. It was so not actually. You as want, good. yeah, you want oxytocin to be up high, but you want your adrenaline, even though you are going to be like going, pumping it. Is that the only noise you're going to make? Because we're in for a lovely quiet labour. <laughs> because adrenaline is more associated with a fear or or a threat, so you don't want your heart rate or your breathing to increase because apparently it slows labour down. It's like um. It's like a, a natural kind of thing. If like uh, uh, an animal in the wild is is uh, it's pumping adrenaline and it's trying to give birth, it's that kind of that instinct of slowing down because your body thinks you're at risk. So it, your body doesn't want to put your baby out into the world if it thinks there's a risk out there. So if you've got high adrenaline pumping, it actually slows it down. So the more you can get the oxytocin up and the adrenaline down... Mm. the better it is and that was something that i again thought oh my goodness of course i'm going to have loads of adrenaline pumping it's going to be it's going to be mad so yeah you've got to try and stay mm. calm at yeah. the same time this pregnancy is going to be mad bro yeah <laughs> mc forceps <laughs> dj i'm not letting it go it's going to that's the title of the episode now enter <laughs> Well, exit, I suppose, would be the one. <laughs> so going back to induction, what's the next stage? Next stage, if none of those natural things work, then you have a pessary gel. What's a pessary gel? For those of you who don't know. <laughs> so a pessary Brackets gel... me. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets inserted, much like a tampon, I believe. Uh, and again, it's the, it's the prostaglandin... It, that's in the gel that helps move things along. So it is directly shifting that hormone in and up into you to hopefully move it move it all along. The key thing is, is it could take days to actually get women induced into labour. Mm. Am I right in thinking she said sometimes they have to do it twice? Yeah. That's crazy. But if you're not ready and your body's not ready, you're not ready. Yeah, exactly. You are bringing it on 
not naturally after all if you're it's just yeah Ooh. i hope i hope we don't have <laughs> that was our cat ted sorry you could hear ted he's coming hi, hi ted. ted do you want to be on the podcast <laughs> no okay please don't jump up where my macbook is He's having, he's having a look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might have to get introduced twice, which is just horrifying. Mm. But, you know, it's not all horror stories. This was a very positive class and a very reaffirming couple of hours in our midwife's company and seven other partners and couples and people who are in exactly the same position at exactly the same time as you knowing that you're all in it together. I that's I understand the bond that people get from NCT classes and, mm. and parenting craft classes and things because it is really bonding. It's, it's a really bonding experience. Is that, I don't even know if that's the right phrase. It's a really... Oh, Ted's literally on the mic. Hello, dear. You're going to... You snuff in the muff. That's exactly what it is. Don't give me those eyes. Hi, mate. There he is. Thanks. You're going to be in this whole podcast now, aren't are you? you? Are you just going to settle down? You've ruined the assumption that we hire an expensive studio, Ted, you know. <laughs> He's come to say hello to me, haven't you, darling? Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. Yeah, so the hope is you're not going to be induced, and the hope is you're not going to be induced twice. I would rather wait, mm. I think. I'm currently not uncomfortable. Darling, so it's I'd, October. <laughs> I would rather wait till baby is ready. I can understand... If you're really uncomfortable and yeah. you just you you can't walk around anymore, it's too hot. Then I've I imagine, got a gig. <laughs> yeah, then I imagine people will want this. But at the moment, I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, you. As we record this, you are like nine. The board on the wall at the end of this week is going to say less than one week to go until your due date. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Don't laugh and cry at the same time. But that, that one decision nine months ago has led to all this. <laughs> I'm so in denial right now. Don't. It's going to have to happen. It doesn't have to happen. But it does now. <laughs> it does now. And as they said at the classes, this is... The most natural thing ever. Yeah. And it, yeah. women's bodies are made to do this. Mm. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. Thanks for asking. But... <laughs> I'll be outside with a couple of cans. Okay, now she's doing great, guys. <laughs> you got tagged in a video the other day, didn't you? I did get tagged in a video by our friend Vicky. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm squeamish. I don't do well with blood. I don't do well with hospitals in general and not a fun place for me to be for many reasons. I won't go into. I just don't think I'm going to be very good. And there were, you know, the parents... The mum's giving birth and the midwife's attending. And then the dad absolutely hitting the deck out of nowhere. But that, again, it's nothing to do with me, this. But one thing the midwives did say was it is a really stressful experience for the dads. It is a really emotional time for us watching you and not, a, not physically being able to feel the connecting pain and, and no the body parts that are hurting. So we don't know what it feels like. We can only imagine the worst, which it clearly is. And then having to see the one you love be in that pain is not a fun thing. So when you see partners and dads fainting and hitting the deck, 
it's completely natural to mm. to do that and pass out and it's mm. I fully expect at some point in the next two weeks to faint on my ass on the floor in a hospital because <laughs> I am petrified of having to watch you. Mm. I will hold your hand for as long as I possibly can and support you and be with you and sing to you and stroke you and kiss you and love you for as many hours of this next couple of weeks that you need it. But if I can't look, don't hate me. Oh, I I don't expect I don't expect you to. I don't, I wouldn't want to look. I mean, I don't have to look I at don't, it. And I don't I'm... even mean look. I just mean like. Uh, I, I, it's really hard. It's it's you know. I know there's going to be some ancient people going. Oh, suck it up! It's nothing to do with that. It's it's about being there for you. And if I pass out and faint, so what? Doesn't doesn't matter. It's something that happens, and I'm absolutely fine with it. The nurses will look after you. And actually, something they made a point of saying is they will look after you because you are as important to that moment. Mm. And that that human's life, so they need you to. Also, if you hit your head, they can sort you out. But yeah. you know, I'm fully expecting to pass out or need some gas and air myself. But you've said you're gonna you're gonna stay up the top end. Yes, yes, that's the, I mean that is the plan. But I I mean, I don't want to go too graphic, but you know, it's a, it's an area of the body that is. Has you know, very flowers floating around it, and it would be like walking into a heavy metal concert after walking. <laughs> I'm not going to take offence if you stay top end. I think it would be better for both of us if you if you are if if you are there. I'm much more of a spectator than a participant in sporting <laughs> events, so it's very similar. I was a participant in this sporting event. Yeah, the only participant in this sporting event. But I'm not asking you to stand at the other end and catch it. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that was another thing that they showed us was the 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 tool slash the scissors to cut the cord. Mm. Do you remember they like kind of weird scissors with hooks instead of flat blades that literally clamps around it, and it? She she said it could be quite tough to cut. Oh, I'm not doing it. And they were like, oh, dad cut the cord. And the three of us went, no. <laughs> Actually, something the midwife said in this class was that she always hands those scissors to the dad regardless. And I think that was one thing that we didn't particularly like hearing because you shouldn't be forced to do anything that you are not comfortable with doing. And she said, oh, I always hand it to dad. So that's the reason why in our little birthing planner notes, we have said, actually... We don't, we don't want to cut the cord. Can you do it, please? Because we've got a lot, of other, a lot of other things going on to worry about rather than a cord sort of jumping around <laughs> and you having to worry about if it's hurting me or the baby or if you don't do it right or anything like that. You're just going to want to concentrate on the fact that the baby's here, the baby's all right, and I'm all right. Mm. Let them do the, the cutting of the <laughs> other bits and pieces. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, when baby's out, I don't want any, anything to do with it other than holding it and kissing it. I I will. Is it the not the meconium? That's the first poo. What's the the mm-hmm. stuff that's on it? The like the butter. 
You know, you like you wipe oh, the baby we, down the we've first spoken time. It, we've spoken about it before. It's in we? another one of our episodes. Please mm. do go back and listen to them all and, and follow our journey that way. But it's the 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 substance that it's born in, mm. the goo. I know you meant to leave it on, but if there's any cleaning of the baby that needs to be done, I, I'm all for doing that and like holding it the second I can and chest like putting it on my chest and I don't particularly want it to, no mm. one wants to see me take my top off but it's yes I do you're my lovely husband thanks Jess <laughs> um, no one wants to see it but if that's something the skin on skin contact that I can initiate they put them on they put it on your belly first yeah so uh, baby but will come to me soon, first as soon as it can go on mine I'm, I'm all for it but yeah they pr- they get pretty quick they're pretty quick with saying dad do you want to whip your top off and have skin on skin straight away what my wife she's ready already oh, oh. <laughs> Pull that cutting across. Bow, bow, bow. No, not now. Not now. Is that have I got the wrong end of the stick? Is that not what happens? I think if you decided that you were going to try and do that at that point in time, can you? Im- I think that's going to be. Why would what? No, it's going to be years. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Is it time again yet? No. <laughs> We're a laugh, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm fully, to, to go back and back and back, I'm fully expecting to feel incredibly faint and probably pass out. And if it's just you and me and none of our other family members have managed to get there, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. And of course, I will try my absolute hardest to not eat so I'm not throwing up. <laughs> If you stay at the top end, I'm sure there won't be too much to. They can put a curtain up as well. You know, they can put a a a a barrier because you are awful with goo and stuff like that. So I'm half expecting you to not want to look. I'm not going to be looking. I won't be able to look. I can't. uh, Let's put it this way: I can't see past that belly now, and my belly at the moment. Anyway, I'm not going to be able to see anything. My belly then. I'm going to be concentrating at looking at either the ceiling or your face. Mm, crying um, and <laughs> so I would I would prefer it if you stayed up top end too, yeah, and then reduces fine. the fact that you may end up passing out because we I do need you to kind of be present. If I just look at you, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well that's all that's all we're gonna do. That's that's it. You don't you don't need to look down there. No, I'll be hammered instead, so it'll be a blur. The other thing we don't want to do is if we end up with a c-section if something happens and Mm -hmm. they're concerned and we have to go in for that emergency c-section again that's absolutely fine but something that has been uh told told to me by a uh, a few friends is to make sure that you definitely stay up the top end if you're squeamish because Mm -hmm. if you accidentally look behind the curtain that they put up then then you're gonna see my insides scooped out into a bowl yeah. yeah and that is something that you probably will never be able to unsee yeah. and a friend of ours said that he did and he definitely hit the deck when he saw and he used to be partners. a paramedic <laughs> yeah so he he di- i mean he dines out on that story but at the same time i'd rather not see you go through that because i wouldn't want to see your insides on a slab next to yeah. you either <laughs> Ugh.
So that was the second part of our mini-series about what we learned in our antenatal classes, our parenting craft. Next week, we'll be able to show you how to make the perfect paper aeroplane. Also, a massive <laughs> pineapple hat. <laughs> Can you imagine if we got there and it was just, now this is how to use PVA glue. <laughs> You're going to tear! How do you put glitter on a snail? <laughs> PVA glue, there. that's not how they fix you back up afterwards. <laughs> they do stitch you up if you tear. <laughs> anyway we hope you've learned something uh, we learned a lot you know we don't want to be preachy with our show it's not about that it's about mm. <laughs> highlighting how little we know about what's about to happen and then when we have the baby how little we know <laughs> still when it's here pain relief has been probably the most important key of yeah. these of these sort of uh not lessons but the, the classes most important bit for me to hear about but i'd just like to reiterate that just because i'm saying that's what i want to do doesn't mean to say that that's what no. everybody should do everybody is different thank you very much for listening if you're outside the uk drop us a message say where you're listening from it's really interesting to hear that you're not um going through exactly the same journey as we are if you had anything in your antenatal class that you've learned that we haven't learned in ours we'd love to know about it drop us an email firsttimeparentpod at gmail.com send us a tweet or an insta message at ftppuk and if you're enjoying the show make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast platform rate us on itunes as well or apple podcasts if you're using that five stars is the <laughs> or drop us a tweet individually my handle is co bartlett and jessica's is at messy jesse 85 on twitter and on instagram jessica ej walford that's right yeah did you forget because i hadn't i was prepared <laughs> i have no idea our next episode will be the culmination of our parenting craft mm -hmm. where we learn about feeding the child and all the aftercare. Aftercare. Oh, God, we have to look after this real thing. It's real, isn't it? It's a real, real live baby. A real live baby. <laughs> so while we go in panic that we're not ready for the imminent birth of our son or daughter, we hope you go back and listen to all the previous episodes so you can catch up with our pregnancy journey so far. Search anchor.fm slash firsttimeparentpod for all the links to all different devices. And tell your friends. And we will see you very soon but see for now you. goodbye bye